From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of June 22nd, 2011 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Teresa Eccles, Kathy Warling, Kevin Close, and John Magi, Kathleen Bobbitt, and Max the Intern back in the peanut gallery. Uh, this is going to be our email show for this week. We're going to read your emails and take your voicemails. And uh, normally I would uh, be telling you uh, what number to call for your voicemails, but we're going to be changing that number uh, very, very soon, probably within the next week or two. That number will change, so I don't know that number yet. So I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it uh, actually works better if you record something and email and, it. And email it to us, yeah. Way we all can listen to it before the show and... Exactly. That's how we prefer it anyway, but uh, we are going to have a new toll-free number for you to call in and, and, and leave your voicemails. But you can email your questions or your, your voicemail, if you'd like, to podcast at wdwinfo.com. If we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, you will get your choice of a Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard or a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. And once a month, we draw names at random for big prizes from our prize matron. So you can win something cool. So with that, we will start with our first voicemail for this week. And it comes from Jim, who uh, had a very positive experience at the Magic Kingdom dessert party he wanted to share with us. So here is Jim. Hi, podcast crew. Just wanted to leave you a message. Um, just got back from my uh, Disney vacation and um, had a great time. But one thing really stood out that I just wanted to bring to your attention, uh, we had an opportunity to attend the um, dessert party over at the Magic Kingdom, and I was traveling with my grandchildren, in which one of the grandchildren has a severe nut allergy. Um, and every time we go and have dessert or anything like that, you know, they give her a little package of cookies or something like that, and she always felt a little uh, left out. Well, we went to the dessert party, got there, and as they were, you know, we were preparing to get our desserts and things like that, uh, we informed them that she had a nut allergy ahead of time. They brought out a tray of desserts, especially just made for her with her name tag on it, the whole nine yards. I mean, she had like three or four different things of cake, cookies, uh, different types of little ice cream and everything like that. And she was just tickled to death. And uh, we couldn't uh, be more happy. Um, they really went above and beyond Call of Duty. And um, we just wanted to bring that to their attention. Hopefully uh, somebody in the, um, the, the Disney cast members will hear this or, or you can relay it and um, let them know what a great job they did and how much uh, we really appreciate it. We told them there also, but uh, we just wanted to let you guys know also. Thank you, and uh, thanks for the great job you guys do. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for that, uh, Jim. I'm glad uh, to hear you had that uh that positive experience. Um, you know, when I first listened to this voicemail, one of the things that went through my head is uh, that's what you're paying for at Disney. You know, we talk about how expensive Disney is, but this is one of the reasons that kind of offset that fact um, that, you know, Disney will do stuff like this. And this is stuff Disney does great. I mean, they really do. Uh, find those little details, those little experiences. I, I say little, but it's not. It's a big deal to your granddaughter. It's a big deal to you and your family um, to do something like that. I mean, for Disney, it's such a small thing to be able to do, with it, but it has such a huge impact, and it makes a guest feel special. That's the Disney magic that, that we all love. That's that's what we fell in love with, and it is still alive and well at at Disney World. It's nice to hear these stories. It's nice to hear... Uh, and, you know, and they're not, it's not like they're not plentiful. I mean, these stories are plentiful of Disney cast members doing things like this. So, you know, when you're thinking, God, this is an expensive vacation, it is. It is. And, but there are, there are little pieces of magic like that to be had. And we were talking in one of the other shows this week about 
the experience about people wanting experience more than things. And I think these are the kinds of experiences that make it not only does it feel like it was worth spending this money to go to Disney World because we had experiences like this, but it makes it easier to plan your next trip. We were having this discussion, my brother and I, this week. We've been looking back a lot in the last couple of weeks, and I don't remember what I had as far as toys or things like that, but I do remember where we went and we're on, we're on mm-hmm. vacation with mm-hmm. my folks. That's, you know, that's absolutely true. I can remember every one of the vacations my parents took me on right. so, uh, as a kid. Well, I did the last time I went to the dessert party, I asked for like a sugar-free plate. And I asked while I was there. I didn't ask ahead of time. And they brought out this beautiful plate with three different kinds of sorbets. Uh, there was some cheesecake. There was some fresh fruit. It was awesome. And, I mean, to me, I don't know. I don't know how other people think, but I'm thinking, like, you know, I sort of signed up to be at a dessert party. I didn't really think that they should have to accommodate right. me. But I thought that that was really nice, that the plate that they brought out was every bit as nice as what everybody else had. Disney handles dietary restrictions, food allergies better very than, well. Better than mm-hmm. any other company I've seen. You have to let them know. Yeah. Oh, to. I yeah. I said that night, you know, and I went up to the manager and I said, you know, I, I just sort of sprung this on you at the last minute. And you brought it out and it was beautiful. They're amazing what they do for mm-hmm. sugar-free. Some of their sugar-free desserts are better than the desserts with sugar. Oh, the sorbets were just awesome. So I, I, I love hearing stories like that. I think that's great. So thank you very much, Jim for uh, calling in with that. Um, before we read some of the emails, um, we took a br- as we took a, I took a break uh, a little while ago uh, while we're recording. And, uh, you know, I, I get literally a thousand emails a day come through my, my email accounts. Uh, some of them are things I have to answer. Some of the things are just notices. And a lot of times I, I see all the reported posts that we get on uh, the discussion boards. <coughs> and uh, there are a lot of hot-button topics on the boards that are guaranteed to start uh, a fight. You know, stroller rentals and five people in a room. And reusing mugs. <coughs> reusing, you know, and reusing the mugs and all that stuff. There's another one that is uh, rapidly approaching um, that, that level, which is I'm sure this thread is very close to being closed will probably be closed by the time we get this up on the site. But um, especially because of the amount of flying that I have been doing lately, uh, this was an interesting, this is an interesting topic to me. Um, and they're referring to it as the great seat back debate. Oh, I know which um, one you mean. Uh, on the community board. And, of course, it's on the community board, so you've got a pretty much a 50-50 shot that uh, the, the thread's going to go south uh, by about the third page. Um, and um, sorry if you're a fan of the community board. That's what happens on the community board. You know it. I know it. So let's just move on. Uh, but I thought that that was a kind of an interesting topic. And I know this isn't a, a Disboard show per se, but not being sure when we're going to do another Disboard show, I did kind of want to get this in. And I want us to discuss it a little bit. But I would also like to hear from... Uh, get some emails and some voicemails from some of our listeners. Cause I think we'll do this as a segment. We'll talk about airline etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good idea. 99.9% of you are going to be flying here for your vacation into Orlando. And, uh, you know, the more, the, the more I'm flying, cause I've been flying, you know, Walter and I've been flying quite a bit the last year and a half. Um, the more we see. And now there was a time where with the seat back, uh, if somebody reclined their seat, I would say something to them like, could you put your seat up, please? Because there's just not enough room here. I don't feel that way anymore. Um, but I'm interested to hear what other – I'm not going to get into my – I don't think we'll discuss it. I think we'll just – I want to throw this out there. Podcast at Uh Send us your voicemails and your emails. Tell us what you think. Um, should people not recline their seat when they're on a plane if you're flying coach? Or, you know, the seats recline. So I'm going to recline my seat. Um, what do you do? What do you think is the right thing to do? What do you think is, is, is the appropriate thing to do? Or also, what other things do you find as you're traveling that bother you, that, that, that think that, you know, 
people, you know, that, 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 that would be an issue of etiquette. Um, you know, I think about uh, when we got off the flight from Barcelona in JFK and that woman oh, that Lord. She was barreled her way through. Knocked me down. Just I mean, down. literally was like pushing her way through people to be the first one off the plane. Mm-hmm. I was tired. I was uh, tired <laughs> and just flown <laughs> eight hours. And had a smoke. And I was verbal about this. Good for you. And I was a little cranky. I said, I, if it had been a guy, honestly, if, I, if it had been a guy, I would have caught up with him. I would have pushed him down. Um, that's how obnoxious she was. Mm. Now, Walter, but it was an older woman, so I wouldn't do that. But I, I made sure she heard me. But what I loved, what I loved was... You know, she races off. She's got to be the first one off the plane, and she's racing down the jetway. And I'm like right behind her. I'm like, <laughs> and we get down because you 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 get to the certain point in JFK where they stop you if you're coming off an international flight, and they don't let you go into the customs area. They, they make you wait. And uh, the, the the TSA woman <laughs> that was down there said, "Okay, I want all the people holding U.S. passports on this side." I want all the people not holding U.S. passports on this side. And she was not holding a U.S. passport, so she had to go on the other side. And it was the people holding U.S. passports that were led upstairs first. <laughs> so Now, was she sitting in front of you? On no, the- no, no. She was no. on the other side of the plane. Walter and Pete were the very closest seats to the exit. We were they right were, there. They were, we were right sitting there. At the exit. That's the exit they opened. That's the exit they opened. And I was sitting on the other side of the plane in the same seat. So when everybody got up to leave, I come over. And walk, and I was standing right beside Walter and Pete, and this woman came up between us and, and was shoving, literally away. shoving. And I was shoving back. I'm like, screw well, you. That's why she kept bumping back into me because you were shoving her from the I other side. I was like, oh <laughs> okay. no, oh no, you're not. We were one. playing ping pong with her because I was pushing her right back the other <laughs> way. And little uh, frail little woman. Um, I mean, now I want to say that we were not being rough. I wasn't like elbowing <laughs> this woman, but I was putting myself in position. It was like, back. all right, enough. Talked her down and trampled her. <laughs> um, it would be one thing if the woman had been in front of me, but she literally pushed her way through about a dozen people. Without a word. Without a word. Not an excuse me, not I need to get off, you know, what well, I'm nothing. standing at the door and she just keeps knocking into me. And it's like, where do you want me to go? See, that's when you take a step back and you step on her. Just saying. Or well, I don't want to. I don't want to physically harm anyone. Stand wide. <laughs> but I you know, myself. But these are. I mean, these are all issues of of etiquette. The um, person that bothers me is the one who's got the refrigerator box with some duct tape and a handle, mm-hmm. and they're trying to fit it in the overhead compartment, <laughs> and they're oh, taking yeah. the entire. They won't move out of the aisle. Yep. Well, what bothers me is, along the same lines of your thing, is the person who's six rows back. Yes, and they try to get out before. And they have to get off the plane first, but of course their bag is six rows back. Yeah. So oh, they yeah. run and they get yeah. their bag out of the overhead, and then they run up front. That's when Kevin and I do the, the aisle block. You stand in the aisle. Mm-hmm. So he stands in the aisle, and I get my stuff out, and we go. But, we do. But it should just go whoever's that row's gone. Right. You go. It's well, just fair. do it that way. Why? There are extenuating circumstances: people not feeling well, people getting off a plane for an emergency. I understand that, but that—that's when you say, "Excuse me." Right. So I, I'd really like to hear some of your stories, and I would like some emails, but I would also like some voicemails. And like I said, we're not giving out the toll-free number because it's going to change soon. Um, Hope you're not sitting in back in front of me. So <laughs> uh, just you know, if you could record. A piece and email it to us. That would be great too. Um, those are always of better quality, anyway. And then in a couple of weeks, I want to do a segment on that because let's do, let's do a quick round the table. Who puts their seats back? Who reclines? I I recline, but I recline conscientiously. If there is someone behind me uh, who is obviously you know larger, I won't do it. Um, I, you know, but if it's a, if it's a kid. Or, you know, someone who's really petite, and I still won't recline all the or way. ugly people, you'll do if they're ugly. Ugly. Or me, See, if I'm now, behind with me. The exception, <laughs> with the exception of the guy that was behind me coming back uh, from Barcelona, who was an absolute D-bag to everyone. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know what, this will be fun. And then you're in his lap. If you sit in front of me, you can't recline your seat. My knees fit. I, the leg, the bone from my knee to my butt fits just behind that seat. And you can't recline See, your seat. And fortunately, since um, we're uh, Delta Sky Miles members um, and we're, we're, we're silver, which is the lowest tier uh, with Delta, but it's still 
you know, considered, uh, you know, priority. priority. Um, we can book the emergency exit rows on Delta flights early. Um, so there's that. Also, the upgrades to first class. My feelings on the seat back thing have changed um, because I'm now I now think you know what if space is that important to me, then I then it's incumbent on me to spend the money and and go go into first class where it's not an issue. If you don't have the money for that, then you just have to accept that this is air travel today and it's going to be cramped it's going to be somewhat uncomfortable um and you know be conscientious of the people around you if you don't like a seat back in your face chances are the guy behind you doesn't like it in his right. or hers so think about that and just be conscientious like i said you know if it's if there's somebody behind me that i know it's really going to offend them or upset them or, may, or really make it uncomfortable for them uh, no, I'm not going to recline my seat. For a while, they were selling things that you could buy that were yeah. wedges of hard rubber that you stuck in the seat in front of you so that they couldn't recline. <gasps> really? You stuck yeah. them in the they back did. of the seat. I don't think you can buy them anymore. Yeah, well, you know, wrong. look, the airlines make seats to recline. And, you know... But that's also a function of the fact that now seats are smaller and closer right. together and they put in more seats. Right. So it used to be a time when you could recline. What about you, Walter? Do you recline? I'm, okay, I'm conscientious. I... Tr- I usually will not recline, but if someone is in front of me and they do recline, I understand it's a reclinable seat. So, so it's almost like you've got to get away from them, so you've got to recline. Well, he rarely reclines his seat. I usually will, won't do it. Yeah, he rarely does he recline. But then I tend to not get angry. You know, if, I, if I'm in the seat and someone reclines, I understand that they can do that, so I don't get angry if they do. You know, I just have to adjust yeah. my position. Exactly. But, yeah. Teresa, do you recline? I recline, but I ask first if it's okay. Do you mind? The person in front of me, if they're being a real pain about it i usually mess with them if they recline back kick the back of that seat over or and over again mess with their hair or do something you know <laughs> stuff on something else creepy what is it with you today? <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry did she say bad word yeah oh Teresa. i'm sorry yeah what happens is the space is so small that if someone reclines i like i have to put my head on the back of their chair yeah, and fall asleep so it usually turns them away really quick when I'm drooling. Them and if you've got your there. iPad out and it's on that little thing and they recline, it's it's right up on Here's you. Here's the deal. I can't put that table down even if the seat's straight up. Yeah. So that doesn't doesn't affect it. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing for me is that more and more I'm just um, um, I'm looking for flights where the price of a first class seat, if, if that's what I'm going to do, is not as offensive as others. Now, um, you know, I didn't book first and I... I didn't book first going to Barcelona because the price of it was just ridiculous. It, it would have been four thousand dollars each. Sick, isn't it? It's um, I did book it. I did book first class going to Europe um, on domestic flights because we're medallion on Delta. Uh, we have a fairly decent chance of getting upgraded to first anyway. And I'm going to say on eighty percent of the flights that we've taken domestically since we became medallion with Delta, we've gotten upgraded to first. Mm-hmm. So they're really, really good about getting you upgraded. And also I find that the prices aren't, you know, always I mean they're they're a little bit more than double what the coach seat is. Um, we've mentioned this before, Kevin and I always buy three seats. So now it becomes what's the price of three seats versus two first class seats. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's still we, gonna be more for first class. Yeah, but it is, but it's not the big a difference. Then you have to decide is the, that difference worth it. I'm very excited about our flight to um, London. We have the lie flat seats. Yeah, so do we. I'm very, very excited. Delta is a nice first class cabin. Yeah. Oh, you can't recline in that. You can stay sitting upright the whole time we go to London. The lay flat seat? Yeah. I've shown you that video 700 times if you want to watch it. (laughs) I do like the exit row seats that we had going to Barcelona coming back. I love that leg room. But then you have to be willing to help other people. No. I'm the first one out. You know know, what? I pop it and I start shoving them out. Here's the thing. (laughs) If that plane goes down... Chances are, odds are, the emergency exit door ain't going to matter, <laughs> okay? Because the fuselage is going to become an emergency exit door in and of itself. As you fly out of your seat. So I really, you know, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take my chances. Um, if I'm going to be in coach, yeah, I want to be in emergency exit row. And but we, that's, we get, if we we're not in first. We usually buy three seats anyway. I mean, if it's a regular seat, we used to get three anyway. So yeah. there's no one in between us. Yeah. But don't you think manners have changed, like, over the years? I mean, I've been flying since I was a little kid. Flight etiquette has changed. Yeah. And I think the sense of entitlement right. has changed. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot more rude people that just don't think about 
etiquette or kindness or being you know considerate. It's almost as if you've gotten your seat for free and I had to pay for mine. Well, I, I, I have a hard time with that. You know, there was a point in my life where I was like that. And I've really been trying to be more conscientious and more polite to people around me. Oh. Um, sometimes, I, sometimes I do a better job than others. But I'm just being honest. I mean, there was a time where it was every man for himself. And I've really tried to move away from that and become more conscientious. Of the You've people. mellowed a lot. I have. Well, when I first started flying a lot for work, the first couple flights I was like, you know, I've got to do this, got to do that. And then I went, you know what, if I'm going to spend my life on the road, I'm going to need to mellow out very quickly. And just sort of like, hey, this is what it is when you travel that, you know, everybody's packed in the plane and you need to allow extra time because, you know, for whatever reason, there might be a delay. And if you sit there and let your blood pressure rise, mm. that just makes you a nasty, creepy flyer. But you see right. a lot of people <laughs> that, that, that do that. And it's like, you know, really, it's like like going to Disney. Like if you go at Christmas time, you know, it's going to be busy. So just pack a little patience. But yeah. oh, pack a little patience. You know, I said, like I get to fly first class. When I was medallion or with U.S. Airways and stuff, and you would think that the people who fly a lot would know these things and be a little bit better, but some of the most obnoxious people on the plane are the people who fly. You fly a all lot. the time, yeah. And you know, there's little things, and and you know, another thing that that bugs me is when you see people sit in the bulkhead row, and they take their shoes and socks off, and they like have their feet. Oh God, on I the know. Wall. Yeah. Oh. And it's like, come on, people. Do you do that kind of stuff at home? Yeah, they are, probably are, do. Or you know what killed me about sitting in that seat? Uh, we were I don't in the know. kitchen? Well, other than that, the people that would come up and stand in front of me to stretch their legs yeah, and, yeah. and do exercises. With, yeah. I mean, this oh, yeah. one guy was like doing... Touching the toes. Like, bend over crap uh, right in front of me. I'm like, your butt's in my face. Dude. Yeah. This guy, yeah, this one guy was like gyrating. I'm like, you want me to get the stripper pole out? <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing what you see people. It's like, would you do this at home? And nowadays, I think, yeah, probably a lot of these people would. But I mean, I can remember when I first started flying, it's like you, like, I don't want to say it like I dressed up. Okay, but I you wore dressed. gloves and you got and you look good. And well, I like when I first started flying for work, I would wear like a blazer or something. I'd, right. I'd look very nice. And now you see people that come on in their pajamas and and I think when Tote you scummy pillow. Pete's and, Pete's mom dresses up to fly. Yeah, Madeline always dresses to fly. And I and I you know like the old yeah, adage. Madeline always looks good anyway. Yeah, she I does. Mean, She's, yeah, but she won't. Say, when have I ever seen Madeline? In, but in, she in, won't wear jeans. I mean, she she makes a point to dress a little. She dressier. has a skirt on. She She'll have a nice. Black. Dress up to fly too, but you know, like I, it, it used to be. I can remember, like in school or different. You know, like when people they told you to dress up, you acted better. Yes, it, it you gave acted you a different carriage. You did, and yeah. nowadays it's like I don't care. Like they left their manners at home, whatever. And it's like, no, come on, people. Which work. is really different because when I was a probation officer, I would go to court, and someone's life is going to be in the ju- this judge's hand. And people were showing up in like jeans, Torton jeans. People were showing up in t-shirts. Um, this one guy had that uh, t-shirt with a, a, a truck full of women in um, thongs, and it says Hall and whatever. <laughs> and he wore that to court. And the judge is like, "I'll see you in six days after the contempt of court is over." And I'm just like, "How? C- I mean, don't you think about what happens to your actions? I mean, you know, there's going to be consequences to everything you do." They don't think about do. that stuff anymore. And just to show up acting stupid. So obviously, there's a lot that can be discussed. So I really want to hear from you guys. Oh, I could write um, a book. Podcast yeah. at www.info.com. Tell us your stories of uh, flight etiquette. Tell us your pet peeves. What you do, what you don't do, what you like, what you don't like. Be very interested to hear from you. Oh, so. We can have all kind of good stuff. Hopefully some good things will happen when we fly up to Massachusetts so we oh. can talk about them. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. Hope nothing bad. No, nothing bad. Just so. good stories for the podcast. Cause a scene, Kathy, and then report on it. <laughs> I'll make Katie cause this scene. All right. So who has an email they'd like to read? I have one. It's not an email. It's from Facebook, Kathy's Facebook page. It's from Becky Christensen. Can you comment on the Disney Youth Education Series? I have Stephanie signed up for two classes in July. Any thoughts on this? I, too, Becky. Hey, Becky. Hi, Becky. Hi, Becky. And Stephanie. And Stephanie. Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. And Jeff. And Jeff. And Jeff. And Oilhead Bob. They were, on our, they, were, they, were, they were on our backstage match. <laughs> they were fantastic. And Bubba and Cooter. And Bubba and <laughs> Kevin, wake up. Bubba wake up, Kevin. Cooter. Um, I can't comment on this yet, but I will be able to because I, too, have my girls signed up for um, 
this education uh, youth series for this summer. I have Grace signed up for Captivating Moments, which is about photography. And Stella is signed up for the Animation Magic, both of them at the end of July. What's that? That's my email coming in. Sorry. Music in my brain. <laughs> thought, Ooh, I'm hearing pretty music now. But um, I think this is, it sounded fascinating to me. I had Someone had talked to me about yeah. it. They had done it last year. And it's like a two- or three-hour program. Both I think both my girls have three-hour programs. And I have to stay with them. I have to stay with Stella because of her age. And I'll report on it. I mean, I just think it's going to be interesting. And, it should be a uh, lot of fun. It should be. Becky, let me know what classes Steph signed up. Maybe one of my girls is in the same class, I think. Yeah. Have you done anything with that, Kathy? No, I've had a lot of people ask about it. I think and don't found- you get reduced tickets? You do. You get... Um, yeah, you get a ticket for your, but you have to use it within a like a week of doing the program. I know there's a lot of people on the DIS that form because I think you have to have so many in a group. You don't. You, there oh, is, really? There you is don't individual enrollment. There's both. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a group thing, and it has to be a certain number of kids and a certain number of parents are willing to volunteer to do it, but then there's also individual. The individual oh. program. Well, that's over even the better summer, then. Most of them. Yeah, most of them are over the summer. There's a website. It is. I got it up right here. Hang on. What does he say? I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's just DisneyYouth.com, I think. Hang on. I had it on here. Well, I don't know. We'll, we can tell them right when I'm looking right now. Seems like it was Disney Youth. It is DisneyYouth.com. Okay, that's what I thought it was. But, um... It's just really cool. I mean, I've got my kids signed up, and we're ready to go. They're excited about it. And there's so many different categories. There's, like, the ocean, learning about the oceans, learning about animation, learning about photography. Um, I think Grace's class is learning how to take good pictures while you're in the parks. Oh, cool. And how to – Oh, that'll be Can nice. I sign up? Really? <laughs> you can go with her. I you thought can you were teaching me. it. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. It's just – it's fascinating. And it, it'll add a little something to your trip if you're here, I think, yeah. also. You know? So – Awesome. That was good. Good. Thank you, Thank Teresa. Thank you, Becky. Who else has one? I do. Kathy. This is from Kristen St. Clair, again, from my Facebook page. And it says, if you were given the chance to explore a ride after hours and really got to walk through it, which ride would you choose? And what park is it in? I had the best time today. We just had a blast <laughs> from beginning. What is that? The, I, I turned the volume up. Oh, it's the Disney Youth <laughs> webpage. <laughs> I just turned the volume up, getting ready for the next uh, voicemail. Wow, what was that? And What's going on? Of course, because it can't be a Disney website unless it automatically starts yeah. running yeah. sound and video and all that other stuff. It's so obnoxious. So, sorry about that. So, anyway, if you had a chance to walk through a ride, what ride would you want to walk through? Well, we had a chance to walk through a um, great movie ride for that uh, Tables in Wonderland thing. That was really cool. Yeah. That was very cool, just um, being able to hang out in there and eat. And also seeing the detail... Of something that you wouldn't notice. Yeah. It was very detailed. All the stuff was done very well. So that was really cool. I'd always wanted wanted to do Haunted Mansion. Yeah, yeah me too. But then uh, it's cool going through in the dark, but and I'd want to see it, but then I kind of might, it might I mess think it up for me. I don't know. Every time we do any of these backstage things, it only enhances it for me because you see how something like small, some what small effect like. really creates Something so I think going through haunted mansion with the lights on would just be. Yeah, I know. think it would be cool. See the cobwebs. Well, it'd be like at my house then, wouldn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I think haunted mansion would be mine too. You guys have different opinions. I'm trying to think of like it'd be very difficult to do, but I'd love to walk through pirates. Oh, that'd be cool you know? too. Yeah, with hip boots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'd be kind of cool though. I'd like to see Space Mountain since it's dark when you go through. I'm just curious how that roller coaster is arranged, if you can actually see. Have you ever been on the Wedway People Mover Tomorrowland Transit Authority mm-hmm, yeah. when the lights are on in Space Mountain? No, I, it's not, yeah. I haven't. I, I have a couple times, and Kevin describes it really well. It's a carnival ride. It's the old wild mouse from the carnival. You would be surprised mm-hmm. that it's just a simple carnival ride that loops and turns. It doesn't loop. It goes amongst itself right. and turns in. But the effect of having the lights off make it a completely different ride. Oh, yeah. It does. It does, I'm sure. 
another one that would be cool, but I don't know how you could do it, would be Spaceship Earth, like like how we did our dinner at the Great oh. Movie Ride, that you could spend some time looking at all the details in each one of the little mm. sets wow. in Spaceship Earth. Yeah, but, you know, that going up the hill and then coming back down the hill, that wouldn't be fun, but that would be a cool place to see. Have the, cars, cool. have the cars take you up, let you out. Have well, your dinner and then get back in the car and go to another scene. Right, yeah. for like guess, appetizers. And yeah. yeah. Progressive, living room. progressive dinner. Have, yeah. And then have the ride start up. I'll be sitting in the living room. Because there are steps. There, there, there are steps <laughs> yeah. alongside that. Appetizers in the burning of Rome. <laughs> Which, speaking of, it, there's no burning smell anymore. <gasps> no. Really? Yeah. The last two times we've been on there, there's no burning smell. Uh-oh. So they fixed the problem. <laughs> oh. I always like that. I did too. Yeah. Well, no more liquid smoke. Dang. Any other rides? Sucks. Hmm. What else? Um, Figment. <sighs> Pete and I could go on that one. Yeah. So we can we could see how craptastic it is in the <laughs> <laughs> life. Is that a word? Craptastic. It is now. <laughs> Aaron Del Prince was down here with his wife and daughter, and Anna, the daughter, said, "Oh, can we go ride Figment?" So her and I sat together, and we enjoyed it together because we were like the only two in the out of the five of us that really enjoyed it. So only two I'd, on the whole ride. Yeah. Day. <laughs> I'd like uh, the Harry Potter thing. That would be interesting in the dark, or when you they walk on. through it. Yeah, yeah. With the lights on. Hmm. It'd be better than riding it. Well, yeah. the only part that you could walk through really is the queue line, and that's already yeah. You can already walk through that. Well, yeah, but you're saying if you could walk through it. I mean, I'd yeah. like to see what's behind the scenes and what's mm-hmm. going on in there, you know, to make me nauseous. <laughs> yeah, the whole little chaotic event, yeah. Oh, cool. All right, well, thank you for that, Kathy. Our next voicemail comes to us from Amanda in the UK. Hi, podcast team. My name's Amanda. I'm calling from the northeast of England. My name's Wonder 117 on the boards. But I'm more of a podcast listener and a bit of a lurker than I am a poster on the boards. I wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for the podcast that you do. It's so, so entertaining and it really, really keeps me linked into the world because as well as being completely enjoyable, totally funny and completely interesting, it's also really, really informative. So I have two questions. The first question being about a trip that I'm hopefully planning to the world for either the back end of this year or around about May time next year, depending on the results of some exams that I'm just about to take tomorrow. So I thought I would take my mind off of things by having a bit of a listen to one of the more recent podcasts. So my question is this. Um, based in the UK, can I still use Dreams Unlimited Travel to book a vacation to the world? Um, also, would I be able to use UK debit or credit cards to book it? I'm not sure about flights, etc. I'm assuming that's perhaps something that Dreams Unlimited couldn't do. But could they still book my accommodation, Magical Express, park tickets, etc., etc., being as I'm from the UK and not from the US? The second question that I have also relates to the fact that I'm from the UK, but it's in relation to the drive that you're doing for Give Kids a World, which I think is an amazing, amazing project. And I just think you should all be absolutely applauded for your efforts towards this because it is such a touching charity. And when I heard the chairperson that you had on the cruise talking about the charity, I'm sorry, I can't recall her name, but when she was talking about the experiences, it was just amazing and absolutely brought a tear to my eye. So as a UK resident, can I donate to the Give Kids the World text number? Will that come through or will that not work because I'm not in the US? And if it won't work, what's going to be the best way for me to donate to the cause and make sure that it goes into the, the pot that you guys have put together for it? Well, those were my two questions and hopefully you can help with them um but i just wanted to finish off by saying what a great job you do and again thank you so much i get so much enjoyment out of the show and thank you for everything that you do bye well thank you very much for that amanda that was some very nice things you very nice said about us uh in regards to your question about dreams unlimited uh yes you for being in the uk you can certainly book with dreams we have lots of uk clients we do 
Um, Clients from all over the world. And as long as your debit or credit card is a Visa, MasterCard, or American Express, it's certainly not a problem. Keep in mind that Dreams Unlimited Travel doesn't charge your credit card for anything. It goes to Disney. So it's the same way as if you book Disney yourself. Right. Disney would use the, the same process to process your payments, the same. So it doesn't come through us. So there's no restrictions on payments. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We do your trip planning for you. We do advanced dining reservations, set up your uh, Magical Express. We actually have a couple of agents who reside in England. Yep. In the UK. And so if it was something where you thought you wanted someone it's their expertise, we could make sure you, we hooked you up with one of them so they can give you their expertise. Two wonderful agents yep. we have. Someone in the coming UK. from across the pond. And, uh, you know, just for full disclosure, for those who are not aware, John and I are part owners in Dreams Unlimited Travel. And uh, so I want to make sure we, we mention that. But. Uh, as far as Give Kids the World, um, I agree. Pamela Landworth was the name you were looking for. Uh, she's the executive director of Give Kids the World who was on the last podcast cruise and had all of us yes. in tears. Sure did. Before um, we had to go on stage. Yeah. She's really good at that. She can reduce a grown man to tears faster than any woman I've ever known with the exception of my mother. Um, the uh, The... the the text number will not work from outside the United States. We've had that issue, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wish it would, but it's just, a, it's, it's just a, a, the way it's set up with the company who handles it. So, unfortunately, no. But um, you'll find a link on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. That has a link to um, the, uh, first giving the first giving page. We have a link on the show notes page uh, to the firstgiving.org website where we are, uh, where you can donate via credit card. Uh, you can also send a check directly to Give Kids the World as long as you mention that it's uh, for the power of 10. They give us a report about every week or two that tells us what came in directly, and we add that to our first giving page. So as long as you mention, uh, if you're donating directly, as long as you mention that you're doing this for the, for the power of 10, effort um they will keep track of that and we'll know exactly how much uh how much have, has come in through other sources so that's a couple of ways that that you can help so but thank you very much for the uh for the voicemail we're glad you enjoy the show and and uh hopefully you can donate to give kids the world so who has an email they'd like to read i have one it's it's really it's actually kind of old but it sort of goes along with what she was saying. It says, I've been listening for a couple of years now. Um, who is it from? It is from Colleen, who is CB is me on the boards. She says, I've been listening for a couple of years now. Uh, on the show a couple of months ago, they were talking about Dreams Unlimited Travel and, how much it, and that it didn't cost any extra to use a travel agent. She was not aware of that. She says she was thinking about going on a cruise, her first cruise, so she signed up with us. She says she was blown away how easy the process was the agent answered all her questions without making her feel stupid or like a burden she said they're very kind and very helpful she said i'm usually the kind of person who spends hours poring over every option reading the fine print etc etc i think it was a good idea but after booking um with the podcast cruise she thought it was really easy and pleasant just to let us do the work for her she wanted to give a sincere thank you for making the trip planning going to disney much easier and pleasant, she said. We have our own brand of pixie dust. Thank you, Colleen. Oh, that's very nice. At the risk of turning the show into She's a say, I have one that's not a commercial for Dreams Unlimited Travel. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. But if I didn't work for the company, I, I would assume that if you went through a travel agent, that's you a would question know. we get quite a bit. Yeah, yeah you think, charge for your services. You think? Okay, they got to make money. They must we be going to make it from me. We make our money through the commission. We do not add anything onto the price. The price we get is the same price you would get from Disney. The difference being that you're getting all the services that go along with booking through us that you don't get from Disney. So you have an assigned agent who's handling everything for you, um, answers your questions, makes your priority seatings for you, uh, gives you the benefit of their advice uh, and their experience in terms of helping you plan a, a detailed itinerary. Um, those are the things our agents do extremely well. It's also as much or as little help as you want. There are people who say, I don't want 
all that. I like to do it myself. I'm going to do it myself. Use them just as a sounding board. Um, and also, we constantly check for discounts. Mm-hmm. So if a discount's released, that'll save you money. We apply it automatically, and then right, you don't have to do anything. If if the discount if a discount comes out, it can be applied to your reservation. It could be six months after you book with us. Um, it's also very nice to have an advocate while you travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that we don't talk about a lot. But one of the things that we really offer is if you have a problem while you're traveling, or even after you've traveled and you come home, you know, we're going to work with you. At that point as well, too, with mm-hmm. Disney. You know, can't tell you how many times people have had an issue or, you know, something's gone wrong on the trip and they don't know where to turn. Well, we can help you with that. And we have, yeah, because we have our contacts and we have the people that we work with in Disney so we can get to places sometimes that, you know, you might not be able to. That also applies to the off-site hotels that we deal with. If you have an issue or something. You know. Oh, yeah. Yep. So... All right, we can wrap the commercial up. Yeah, this is going on. Again, I just want to be clear. John and I are part owners in Dreams Unlimited Travel, so we have a financial interest in that. Like to make sure we do not uh, that we that we we maintain transparency with that fact. In case you're a new listener and may not be aware of that, we're not just you know we are in fact shilling for Dreams Unlimited Travel there. So you know, I want to be be real, real honest about that. It's a great company, though. Okay. <laughs> Just ask Kathleen. She loves working for you. <laughs> I have an email. Good. Mine's from Billy in Verona, New York. Hi, love the podcast. Listen all the time. It gets me through work. I have two questions for you. I'll be in Disney January 8th through the 15th. First question, will the Osborne lights still be up and will I be able to see them? Unfortunately, no. The 8th is way too late. Unless we have a really cold winter and they delay it like they did, is it last year or the year before? It was up to like the 10th or something. Yeah, year before, I think. Well, that's yeah. Very, very, very rare. rare. Normally, like January 1st, they start yeah. pulling stuff mm-hmm. down. So, unfortunately, yeah, most uh, all of the Christmas decorations will be gone by the time you get here. But you're coming a really good week. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the park to yourself. Yeah. Cooler weather, so that's always nice. You're not sweating crazy you're not going to pass out frankly it's my favorite time it's my favorite time to be in the parks absolutely and then the second question besides magic kingdom rope drop event characters coming in on the train do any other parks do a rope drop i should see sure (laughs) sure again epcot has a, a cute one with with characters and they have one of the test track cars up there that keep you like before the fountain, sort of like in the, you know, where the, the pin station is at Future World. That's always fun to see. Okay, with port- the exception of Kathy, how many people sitting at this table have been at a rope drop in the last 10 years? I have. <laughs> you too. Really? We've been yeah. to Animal Kingdom rope drop. Mm-hmm. And the Magic Kingdom. What's wrong with you? There were, special, <laughs> there were special events going on at those times, and in order to participate in those special events, you had to be there at Rope Drive. Salute. We well, it's supposed to be you two. You're nocturnal, aren't you? We, <laughs> we met one of our ages. <laughs> it's not like we're marsupials. <laughs> you carry your young in a pouch, don't you? <laughs> we actually went to the Magic Kingdom, and we've been to the Epcot one. Okay, I haven't seen a rope drop in 15 years, so. I. I don't, I don't think I've I ever, ever have. seen one. Hang on, didn't um, I didn't see it? Oh, wait a minute! Didn't we just we were at Hollywood? Yeah, Studios. that's what I was getting ready to say. That was that's a special one though, just for for uh, Star Wars. Yeah, but they don't have a rope drop. They just open the turnstiles, don't they? Yeah, they just let us in. I mean, we didn't. But have I mean, a it defense. was cool with all the little, the little. But it's not a rope drop people. celebration. Right. I think we should explain to people who don't know what a rope drop is, Kathy. Why don't you just? It's just they have a like they'll let you get in past the turnstiles. And then they'll hold you back at like a certain area, and then the characters they tie like, you up with ropes. <laughs> then, then they drop like, it. At Magic Kingdom, the characters come in on a, a special train and do their little show, and then they'll like let you go a little bit further into the park, and then they'll let you in. And sometimes um, they actually use the rope to walk you down right. Main Street. And at Epcot, again, they'll bring you in to where the pin station is. In Future World, and they'll have the characters and stuff, and you'll do like a countdown, and then they'll let. Now, the last in. time I did that, it's been a long time. It was on the other side of Spaceship Earth. They held you right at the entrance of Spaceship Earth. The last couple times, it was like up there, and then they. Well, this was in the 1800s. Okay, and then they they walk 
the group of people like over to Soren. They don't allow you to like make the mad dash over to Soren. And don't they pick a special family at Magic Kingdom? I don't know if they do. Like For the, the sacrifice? Yeah. <laughs> the, the rope drops can change. So don't say, I, Kathy told me that the test track car is going to be there, and I went there, and there was no test track car. Characters can change. The performance can, you know, that, how that happens, you know. In the Magic Kingdom one, they used to um, have a family that they were up there, and they had them in one of the little cars. And now because of all the construction and everything, they sort of take them on their own private little tour. In the car, and then they're up on the train station okay. platform. And they're just randomly picked. Yes. Because I heard, you know, if you're all there in matching shirts and you got high energy and you're yeah. really, you know. Like chat up the cast yeah, members. Yeah, chat up the cast members. You got a better chance of being that special person. Animal Kingdom takes place at the Tree of Life. They hold you back there and. Hold you back. They tie you to the tree of life. Tree of life. <laughs> and then some characters come out and do some things. Some non <laughs> some bad, bad touch goofy. <laughs> Sounds scary. They do some like nondescript, you know, the people they have like the sort of animal out. makeup on come out, you know. They, sacri- they have a rope trap. They sacrifice <laughs> you to the tree of life. They have a rope trap at Gatorland, too. They show you Cooter. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so much trouble. And Hollywood Studios, I'm not exactly sure what they do, but again, I know they do something, and then they walk you back to, like, Toy Story Mania. So it's not like they just open up the park and everybody sort of goes their own way. They try to channel the traffic. That's cool. Kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think it is. If you're an early riser, if you want to get to the parks early anyway, go check it out. Yeah. Adds to the magic, right? Kevin? <laughs> right. Indeed. All right, we have another voicemail from Jeremy. In, I believe he said he was in Bucharest. Jeremy's calling. Hey, guys, this is Jeremy from Bucharest, Romania, Castaway JP on the boards, and I was calling with a question about D23. Pete, I know that you and a couple of the other members of the podcast crew were pretty critical of the club when it was first introduced, but I was wondering if your thoughts had changed much over the last couple of years now that they've started offering a lot of member-exclusive events, movie previews, and stuff like that, do you think that maybe it's getting closer to being worth the amount of money that you pay each year um, rather than just getting a fancy magazine subscription? Um, anyways, I want to thank you guys for a great show. It, uh, it really does help bring us a little bit closer to the magic now that we are so far away out in Eastern Europe. So keep up the good work, and uh, thanks a lot. Bye. Does he sound like Dave Parfit? Yes, I was about to say a little bit, a little bit like Dave. He did. Um, Jeremy, thank you for calling, especially or, or for emailing your question, actually, uh, especially from Bucharest. That's uh, you know, it's our first call from Romania. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, I don't think I'm the only one impressed by that. You are. All I thought right. he said Bucharest, Florida. Yeah, because we have Bucharest <laughs> in Florida. Um, as far as D23 goes, yes, I, I will say that to some degree my uh, my opinion of it has changed. Um, it is not the complete and utter waste of money that it was when it launched. Um, and I think that is in part because um, the fan community didn't fully embrace the crumbs that they were throwing out as... As their offerings, um, I think when they when they, they 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 screwed up the launch of that so badly, and it was done not because of a lack of experience, but they really were under the impression that Disney fans that they had taken for granted for years were simply going to you know just gobble up whatever little garbage they threw out, and when that didn't happen. They had to go back to the drawing board because I was not the only one, believe me. By a long shot, I was not the only one who said, this isn't worth anything. They had a huge attrition rate after the first year. Oh, terrible. Terrible. I I still don't think it's worth it because it seems like most of the the expo and stuff is all out in California. Well, they do. But now now you'll notice this year in May they did something out here. Um, So they are starting to do more things in Orlando. That was one of my big complaints. Over the course of the last two years, I think it's been now, that D23 has been in existence. For those who are not familiar with it, D23 is Disney's official fan community. Um, the unofficial ones are still the place where you actually get the truth. Um, you know, 
and they charge $75 a year, I believe it is, and you get a quarterly magazine subscription and, you know... Occasional tchotchke. Occasional tchotchke, and they do uh, these other events, uh, either in California or Orlando. Sometimes I think they're doing events in like other cities now. I think there was something in Chicago, something in New York. I could be wrong on that, but I seem to remember hearing it. I don't follow it that closely because it still doesn't impress me to the point where I'm willing to to join. I had joined initially just to see what it was, and I was one of those people who did not renew um, and have not uh, signed up again. We but never had all do, our magazines. No, neither did I. Neither did I. I think that's true of a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, I just... So do I think it's gotten better? Yes, it's definitely gotten better, and they're moving in the right direction. Is it worth $75? I think if you live in California, it is. Yeah, I will say this. I, I agree. I'm not a member. I stopped there to the first year. It doesn't have anything yet that makes me want to join. However, the people who are a part of it and who do live out in that area or do go to Disneyland a lot love it. They love all the, the reports from these events are tremendous. They have such a great time. They see D23 does a really good job yeah, they do. at these events. So I guess if it's your thing and you could take advantage of it, it seems like it's worth the money. Well, they've started bringing out the people that real Disney fans want to meet and greet that they didn't do originally. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they've started bringing out their talent. And having these things at these expos where you get to meet Marty Sklar. Right. It seems like they've caught on that, oh, people really do want to meet this person. People really do want to get to talk to these folks. So I guess that's better. I think they they do need to go a little bit further because, like, every year they have a, a, a Christmas event here. And every year something, there's drama over... How many tickets were allowed to be sold? And, and it sells lo- out within six seconds. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, they really need to work on things like that. But they, they limit it to, like, 250. That's it. Right. All right. When you think about their the amount of people they have in their club and the membership and the amount of people they reach, you would think there'd be huge opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Let everybody attend. i got to be honest with you. If there was something I wanted to go to and I had paid $75 to join and the tickets sold out within six seconds... And the website I'd, crashed. And the website right. crashed. I'd be annoyed. Right. Here's the other thing. If you are the official Disney fan club, you better be able to throw a party a hell of a lot bigger than I can. And so far, with the exception of the expo, they haven't done that. Okay? So, you know, honestly, where parties in this community are concerned, yeah, we're pretty much, we, we pretty much set the bar. I'm sorry. I mean, our parties are amazing. Anybody who's been to our parties... Whether it's on a podcast cruise or Toy Story Mania or what we're about to do with the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you know what? Our parties are amazing. So if you're the – and I'd say I'm, on an, I'm an unofficial, quote, unquote, I'm an unofficial website. So the official guys better be able to throw parties a lot better than I do. And like I said, with the exception of the expo, which is not something I could match, with the exception of the expo, we don't see that. We don't see that. So – I'm a diehard Disney fan, and I've not yet found a reason to join. I agree. Uh, but I think I, I do want to give credit where credit is due. They have made a lot of improvements. They are moving in the right direction. It is not the complete waste of money it was when it launched. Um, and I would think if you were on the fence about joining before, I, I would think you should probably go ahead and join. Um, again, take a look at the offerings. Take a look at what they've done in the past. And ask yourself, is that something that I would take advantage of before you spend the money? Um, but I think that uh, it has definitely made a lot of improvements. Definitely made a lot of improvements. So thank you for the question, Jeremy. Who else has an email? I do. Mine is from Janice Hitchens in, Hitchin, excuse me, in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Hi, guys. I have a question about annual passes for Walt Disney World. Do you get exactly 365 days, or is it one year from the date of purchase? For example, if I buy an annual pass on July 1st, does it automatically expire July 1st, 2012, or does it depend on leap year, etc.? I think it expires the next year on the same date. Right. Well, I just the first day you use it, right? So you, you could buy it in July, July but not use it. Until the next month. That's if you buy a voucher. Right. Yeah. That's if you buy the voucher. If online. you buy an actual annual pass, it's good for a year from when you bought it. Like I just renewed my Florida resident annual and it was 
the day that it expired was the day that was on the card for next year, and this is a leap year coming up. Okay. Now, if you ha- if your annual pass expires on July first, and you renew it on June fifteenth, your annual pass your first one your is first good. one is good until July first. Your second one renews on your renewal date, but then you'll have till next July first whether it's leap year or not. Does that make sense? Yep, mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Also, one of the things I don't know if people know this or not about renewals is you have 30 days from the date it expired to renew at the renewal rate. So if something came up and you forgot to do it or you couldn't yeah. afford well, it. Well, I'm right? glad you mentioned that. I got to renew mine. Do you have the ones that would, is your 15 month one just running out? Yeah. Kevin's is still on his 15 month one. Till, no, till November. Yeah, mine, mine, I think mine expired last week. I got to go. I got to get it renewed. So it's date of the annual pass being issued to the exact date next year. So if it's a leap year, you get an extra day out of it. Okay. Thank you very much for that, Kevin. Who else has one? I have one. This is from Michael Dickerson. We will be moving to Tampa soon. My question is, after each of you moved, did you ever get homesick? How soon after you moved um, here did you go back home for a visit? I know we won't be able to go home for the holidays, and I'm worried um, that that's going to worry my wife. So um, how did your family handle your first Christmas away from home? Thanks for the podcast and all you do. Well, I can talk. Okay. My family moved after I did. So I haven't been back to my hometown since 2000. So, But my family all followed me to Florida. I mean, they had been coming to Florida first when I finally decided that I was not no longer going to be a snowbird and I was coming full-time, it was shortly thereafter that my entire family moved down here, so all of a sudden this became my hometown. So there are things I miss about upstate New York. I miss autumn. Yeah, We don't yeah. have autumn here. No, no. Tree-lined streets and all the colors. You know, apple picking and yeah, autumn cider. and stuff. However, about 15 minutes after those trees change color, it snows. Yeah. And I don't miss that. So there's not a lot I'm homesick about. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I don't think I got particularly homesick. I mean, I I certainly missed my family and everything the first year we were down here. But um, you quickly develop, it's such an unusual place, unlike any other place, I think, on Earth, uh, the Orlando area, Central Florida, in terms of the theme parks, if you're a theme park fan. um, You quickly realize that, you know, you get to do things over the holidays. You get to develop traditions that, you know, people pay a lot of money to come here to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can just hop in the car and go do it. There's something to be said for hopping in the car and going to see the Osborne Lights whenever you feel like it. Going down to see Ice at Gaylord Palms. Uh, going to, you know, do candlelight processional more than once if you feel like it. Um, hopping over to Celebration. Exactly. It's beautiful this time of year. There's... There's just, you know, it's a whole different way of life if you're a theme park fan. If you're not, it could be a little torturous. It's different, yeah. Um, and so that, those are the things I think that you gotta you got to take into account. Um, this is not your Courier and Ives Christmas. It's no. just not. It's no. different. I it's mean, different. And yeah. you got to remember, too, that especially if you're, if you're like from the Northeast or from colder regions, you know, like right now, it's 95 degrees outside, and it's humid, and it's ugly. Um, and that pretty much sums up our summer. Now, I will say that it started later this year than it has in a few of the previous years. Yeah, we had years. a spring this year. We actually had a spring, um, and it's just starting to get warm these last couple of weeks, uh, this month really, um, whereas I've seen it in mid-April where we're hitting the 90s and and that horrible humidity. So hopefully we're going to have a short summer and that by the end of September we'll be back to some cooler weather. But, uh, you know, you got to keep that in mind too. There's a lot. It's just a different place to live. The first couple years after my husband died, I didn't want to be back in Pittsburgh for Christmas. That was too, you know, remembering the traditions and everything. So we came here to Disney and – when I moved here, I thought this was the greatest. You know, you don't, everybody goes, oh, you have to have snow for Christmas. To me, nothing beats like sitting in a hot tub at a resort on Christmas Day. 
Or like this past year, I went over to the parks. And everybody goes, why did you go to Magic Kingdom on Christmas Day? And I went, because I can. Mm -hmm. So you just do things differently here. But I, you know, it's just so neat that I live this close and I can can be in a theme park anytime I want. See, we moved here out of necessity. And I'd already left the place where I grew up in Illinois 20 years before and then moved to Georgia and lived there 20 some years before moving on here. Moving here was wonderful for me. And I adapted right away, though our first Christmas was dismal because half of the family was in tears because it was just us sitting here. It wasn't the in-laws and, you know, everybody we normally have a holiday with. That was a little adjustment. but Christmas is an adjustment because sometimes it may be in the 80s yeah. and you're walking around in shorts and a tank top and it just doesn't feel like Christmas. And that wasn't right. Yeah, it took me a few, it took me a few years living down here to get over that. But yeah. it's really nice when your friends from up north call and go, hey, what are you doing today? And you go, I'm sitting here in shorts and flip-flops. And they go, I hate you. you know, yeah, so. but they're sitting. Some, but then they go, we're sitting by a fire and it's snowing beautifully outside. I want snow on Christmas Day. That's the only day oh, really? that I'd like. You know, I've had enough. I, yeah, I had enough I in 1994. It was like, that's it. I'm never shoveling snow again. There's been a couple of times where we've gone back up north and it happened to have snowed when we were there. And you just think. Yeah. We went to miserable. one of the, the other owner of Dreams Unlimited Travel's wedding. And we got caught in a snowstorm. It was early a December. Mm. Snow and ice storm. I, I thought I was sure that I was going to die. I, I could never remember <laughs> being that cold. Yeah, I miss Atlanta like, snow because it's on the ground for a yeah. day or two and then it's gone. The bread uh, that was that was exciting. The you bread should go to celebration. Yeah. See, I like yeah. It snows there. It's a different kind of holiday, but it's just as wonderful and you it's know. new traditions. Yeah, it is a new tradition. As long as you got people you love around you and you're all having a good time. Good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our final uh, voicemail for this show comes to us from Karen who has a question about volunteering at Give Kids the World. Well, would help if I turned the volume back up. Here's Karen. Anytime now. Hi, guys. My name is Karen O'Mahony from Washington, D.C. I'm C.L. O'Mahony on the boards. And just had a really quick question, um, hopefully. Um, we're thinking of, on our next trip down to Orlando, um, volunteering at Give Kids the World and wanted to know whether there was a minimum age requirement um, for volunteers because we have two young children right now. They're seven and five, and um, we may have to, if, there's, if they're too young, to um, either myself or my husband volunteer, maybe each of us take a day. Um, so any help you could give with that would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. Hey, Karen, thank you very much for for calling. Um, I believe that in order to volunteer at Give Kids the World, uh, you have to be 16 or older. Uh, there are some positions that are 16, other positions that are that are 18, depending on where it is you're going to be working. Um, if you're serving alcohol to the kids, <laughs> yeah, stop. Yes. So um, <laughs> th- I, there are there is nothing there. I, I don't believe uh, for volunteering. Uh, you know, for for children that young. No, I've I've inquired for Stella, and there isn't. Um, so uh, it would be something where you know you could put them in one of the kids clubs, uh, at one of the resorts. You don't have to be staying at the resorts to utilize the kids club. Um, do something like that, and then maybe you and your husband go do the. Uh, volunteering it's a it's a it's a great way to see give kids the world it's a great way to help they need volunteers more than ever right now um there's a great thread on our Diz unplugged board that nikki has put together a primer on volunteering at give kids the world that answers a lot of your questions about what's available and things like that it's an amazing experience mm-hmm. and if your kids still want to participate if it's something they want to help out with have them donate something an old toy you know, something they wouldn't use anymore for the kids that are there. They always need stuff. They always need items. Mm-hmm. We should do a, a Give Kids the World-like day when everybody comes down for Dizzy Palooza. I think uh, Nikki's okay. putting out feelers not, for that. Yeah, We'll be there. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there. Volunteer day where people come down and Just follow. spend a couple hours. Because mm-hmm. we did that it is. last it, year. And it's, it's, it's rewarding no matter what, but when you do it with friends... It kind of mm-hmm. adds to the, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's where I first met Nikki, actually. We 
were thrown together on the carousel. <laughs> Makes you want to go home and hug your kids. Yeah, it really does. And and if you think it's going to be too hard mentally to do it, I got through the whole day without crying. Mm-hmm. Because you, you think about what these kids are there for. You can't get through the public stuff. I know, I know. Oh, my. But it was just, I don't know, it was just... I don't know. It's hard to explain. But. And she didn't cry. Cause and I, I didn't cry. Too. I just, you know. And because it's very worthwhile. It's not sad. It's a happy place. And these kids are enjoying themselves and having a good time. But right? you have that fear going in. Some right. people, you know, oh, my gosh, I'm going to see. But you know what? You don't know who the sick children are. You go in and it's families enjoying themselves. And it's. Well, I was inside where they were taking the pictures. Mm-hmm. And, and you knew more or less who the sick families mm-hmm. were. But it was they had the most positive attitude yeah. that it's like you think you've got problems in your life and you I think don't of have what a these, problem in the world. Yes, yeah, when you see those I people. really don't, except one across the table <laughs> from me. But you know, other than that, <laughs> oh, yeah, over you here. Keep talking to him like that. <laughs> oh, he knows I love him. So, well, all right. Thank you very much for that, Karen. I hope that answers your questions. Thanks, everybody, for your emails and voicemails. We appreciate it. That will do it for this episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another episode of The Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs>